Lord God, as we pray, and it's not, Lord, there's never too much prayer, God. But as we cry out to you right now, God, as we cried out to you for healing of Doug, God, we, we pray right now that you'd, you'd, you'd anoint this time, that you speak to us through your word, Lord, that every one of us would hear something from your spirit that we could take home, that we can take into our lives, that we can be transformed with and apply. So, God, bless your word, God. May the spirit of God touch the word of God and may it transform the people of God today. So, Lord, we lift this time up to you and ask for your Holy Spirit, special anointing. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I read about how on this small island in the Pacific, a man paid eight cows for the dowry to marry his Wife. Now, traditionally on that local island, the, the local people there, the dowry actually cost four cows. So with that, the village began to make some fun of this man who paid twice as much to marry his wife. Well, later, a friend came up to the man, and, and, and he was shocked because he was amazed to see how much this wife had changed. Her character, her personality, they're, they're like transformed, like night and day. Her beauty uh, seemed to beam after she got married. Well, the friend went up to the man and asked, Now, how, how could she be the same woman? How, how could that e- even happen? Well, the husband, this man, you know what he said? He said, Ever wonder how a woman feels when her husband settles on the lowest price for her? Then the friend asked, oh, so so you did this to make her happy? And the man replied, well, yes, but there's more to it. In her home village, she believed she was worth nothing. So I wanted her to know how much I love her, how much she means to me. She is an eight-cow wife. I like that. Now, please don't misunderstand. He wasn't calling her a cow, okay? You know, but it's the value right, that he put upon her. And so with this story, it's the interesting thing is that you can see how easily people live up to, or we can say live down to, how they're treated, right? In speaking to husbands, Billy Sunday, that great evangelist of, of uh, I think it was around the 1900s, he once said this, try praising your wife even if it does frighten her at first. (laughs) Whoa, what happened to you kind of thing, right? Well, hey, this morning, as we return to our study in the book of 1 Peter, we come to actually the second part of this section talking about marriage. Now, last week, if you're here, you remember, if you missed it, uh, I listened to our podcast or catch on YouTube or Facebook, but it was about the wife. Last time, it was about the wife, and the title was The Powerful Life of the Submitted Wife. So that's what's last week. And I told you last week that we're going to go on to the husbands this week. So here we are. And for today, our title is this, The Powerful Love of the Submitted Husband. The powerful love of the submitted husband. So the two go together, the powerful life of the submitted wife. But sorry, today I couldn't rhyme the words. But you get 
what I'm talking about. The powerful love of the submitted husband. And today we're going to be studying 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. We, we looked at 1 through 6 last week. But today we're going to go f- and look at just one verse, verse 7. Now you guys, you, your wives might be saying, Hey, how come we get six verses and they only get one? Well, this one is jam-packed with things, and it will unfold before us. Plus, you know what? You got to give break to the husbands, because in Ephesians chapter 5, the other section about our our husband and wife roles, the wife only got three verses, where the husband got nine verses. So, you know, wives give husbands mercy here. Well, what we're going to see today in this one verse is three things. Number one, the understanding heart. Number two... His considerate heart, sorry, his understanding heart. Number two, his considerate heart. And number three, his perceptive heart. So that's what we're going to find jam-packed in this one verse. Now, you may be sitting here, and I mentioned this last week too. You may be thinking, oh, here we are talking about husbands and wives. You may be thinking, well, you know, I'm not married or, you know, things have changed in my life and I'm not really married anymore, all that. But, you know, understand, like I said last week, there are principles in the Word of God. There's principles that we can learn here, even though it's directly talking to husbands, that we can all take home something. Even you wives, we can learn something from this, even though we focused on you last week. And I said that about husbands, right? Last week, even that message, we can learn things from it. So don't check out, don't tune out, don't get up and leave, but let, let's just see what the Lord may have to say to you through the Holy Spirit this morning. All right, got that covered. Let's go to number one. The first thing we're going to see is his understanding heart, his understanding heart. And for this, we're going to just take the very ver- first part of First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says here, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. So we'll stop right there. We begin here with Apostle Peter. He wrote this letter or this book that we're reading. And he begins with this one word, likewise. What does that mean? Well, it means in a similar way. In a similar way. It's it's the same thing, really, what we saw in verse 1. Verse 1 said, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husband or be in submission. So when Peter writes, likewise, husbands now, when he says likewise, he's saying, well, in a similar way now, just like it was with the wives, so it is with you. And what did we find out with the wives? Well, look at verse 1, that the wives, last week we saw, are to be submitted or subject to their own husbands, even if some do not obey the word, that they may be one. So remember last week that the wife was to submit to their unsaved husband. That's what it's talking about when you say obey the word. So the idea is that likewise, husbands, they're to what? Submit, put themselves in subjection to their wife. That's the flow of thought in context here. Now, if you remember, all of this is flowing out of the second chapter. If you remember, if you look at uh, 1 
1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, right? Uh, we, we, we learned back then in verse 13, be subject, be submitted for the Lord, Lord's sake to every human institution. We talked about submitting to the government. And then the next thing Peter talks about is servants, be subject, verse 18, to your masters. So he flowed, right, from being submitted to the government, submit yourself to your boss. We studied all that to chapter 3, verse 1, wives now be submitted to your husbands. And now he's moving on to Husbands to be submitted to your wives. So there's a whole flow of thought of being uh, submitted now that we're looking at in context with what Peter is writing here. Now, Peter says, likewise, husbands. So basically, likewise, husbands, be submitted to your wives. Now, you may be saying, wait, 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 what? Maybe a lot of you guys right now are thinking, wait, wait, what? What is he saying? That seems to be different from Ephesians 5. That wives submit to your husbands. Or what we learned last week. Wives uh, be submitted to your unsaved husbands. Peter's not saying to submit to her leadership. He's not saying to submit to her headship. I mean, that's the husband's role. As we talked about um, last week. And I mentioned in all our studies on marriage, right? What is Peter saying? Well, Peter is saying, husbands, submit to the needs of your wife. That's what it's about. Submitting to the needs of your wife, especially if they don't obey the word, that they're not saved. You know, it's interesting, uh, back in Ephesians 5, Paul actually starts to talk about marriage, the role of the wife and the husband in uh, Ephesians 5. You know what? He starts out in verse 21. And he's, he says that believers are to be submitting to one another. So this isn't a new thought. We are to be submitting to one another. And even in the marriage. Well, here's Peter saying, look, likewise, husbands, submit. Submit to what? To the needs of your wife. Now, Paul, in Ephesians chapter 5, later in verse 25, went on to talk about the husbands, right? And you guys, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Husbands, what? Love your wives as what? Christ loved the church. Well, well think about this idea of submitting to the needs. Uh, as Christ loved the church, Jesus submitted to our need to be saved. So what did he do? He submitted to the plan of God. Right? He submitted to come down to this earth, Christmas, what, what we talked about. He submitted to come and die on the cross and be a sacrifice for us. He submitted to our need for salvation, for forgiveness, for eternal life, for new life. So that's the flow of thought here. So husbands are to submit, like Christ, to the needs of your wife, your unsaved wife. And you know what? Think of it this way. Sacrifice your own need for your wife's need. Sacrifice what you want for what your wife needs. That's the thought here when Peter says, really, just two words. Likewise, husbands, submit in that way. Well, he goes on here and he says, Likewise, husbands, verse 7, live with your wives in an understanding way. So, the husband submits to the needs of the wife, and that is to what? Live with your wives in an understanding way. Let's, let's take that first part. Live with your wives. The word live means to be at 
home with. It speaks of an intimacy, a closeness. It, it speaks of an experiential of uh, 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 living with knowing. The word really means knowledge. It means know. And so it really means to really know them. It, it, it's saying live with them, uh, dwell with them. And the idea is, is like to make a life together. That, that's, that's really the thought here. Uh, note, maybe take note here. When I read this, live with your wives, like live, like, like be close and, and all that. You know, note that this verse really talks about a husband and wife being together. And I think it really speaks about like long distant marriages. I remember I was talking to a guy and he said, oh yeah, um, my wife, she's in Vegas but I'm over here. I'm, I'm thinking, how does that work? Yeah? How does a marriage work like that? No, Peter's saying, look, live with your wives. Now imagine Peter writing this in the ancient times to husbands who have come to Christ. They, they've been saved now. They're a Christian now. Their wife is not a Christian. Maybe he's wondering, well, what, what do I do now? What, 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 what do I do? I mean, I'm a Christian. She's not. Do I find another Christian woman to be my wife? Do I, what, what do I do in this situation? It's all new. Well, Peter's saying, no, you know what? Live with your wife. Peter's saying, stay with her. Grow close to her. Live with your wife. And basically, love her still. Love her still. He's saying, look, as much as you can, you know, make the marriage work. Keep the marriage to really what God intended originally. And remember, in context, he's talking to a husband who's, not, who's married to someone who's not a Christian. So he's, he's like saying, look, love them to Jesus. Just because they're not a Christian doesn't mean, oh, that's it. No, you are to love them to Jesus. Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 even wrote there that, hey, if you're married to an unbeliever, don't depart. Yeah. You actually bring a blessing to the home there in the marriage. So in that same flow, Peter's like, no, stay there. Live with her. Live with her. I mean, remember we talked about last week that even with the, the believing wife and the unsafe husband, that the wife, this is your mission, right? I mean, we, we, I was thinking about, yeah, the great commission. Jesus is go out into the world and you know, uh, tell everyone about Jesus, baptizing them in the name of Jesus, discipling. You know what? It actually starts at home. It actually starts in this marriage. If your spouse is not saved, it starts there. And then you go to the kids and you're, you're, you're witnessing Jesus there. That's the mission. So Peter's like, hey, stay there. Live with your wives. Do as much as you can to keep the marriage to what God intended and love them to Jesus. So then he says here in verse 7, Likewise, husbands, submit to your wives. Live with your wives, how? In an understanding way. Now, this word understanding is the word gnosis. And I kind of leaked out ahead of time. But this word gnosis means knowledge. It's to know in a deep way. It, in other words, what, you know what Peter's saying? Get to know her. Get to know your wife here. Get to know her. I mean, uh, uh, get to know like her personality. Get to know uh, her likes and 
dislikes. Get to know her strengths and weaknesses, her fears. You know, it's the cockroaches, it's the centipedes. No, get, get to know her hopes, you know. What brings her joy? What brings her to tears? Uh, get to know what's her goals in life. What, what, what is she really, you know, going after? Get to know her deepest hurts and his greatest passion. That's the understanding way to get to know her in that way. Back then, think about, remember I mentioned that the, the society in ancient times wasn't like today. The wife was like nothing. The wife was mistreated really bad. The, the wife was unimportant. They were like second, third class citizens. That, that's how wives were looked upon. But can you imagine the husband, right, who, who came to Jesus? Can you imagine the impact of the husband actually being interested in the wife? Some of you may be sitting here and go, get a tear in your eye thinking, well, I wish my husband was interested in me. Imagine how this wife of this ancient times will feel when they feel that love from their husband because a husband's understanding them, is, has interest in them, is trying to get to know her. Think what that does for the marriage. Charles Swindoll said the success of dwelling with your wife will be in direct proportion to your knowledge of her. I like that. When you get to know her better, you get to know what her needs as you submit to her needs, guess what? That's going to bring your marriage to success in a closer way. It's going to bless your marriage. So this is the powerful love. Now I know love isn't in our passage, but everything we're going to look at is speaking about love. It, it, it ties into Ephesians 5.25 about husbands loving their, their husband. So this is the powerful love of a husband. Love flows from his understanding heart. He's, he's thinking not of himself all the time, right? As maybe there's a dictator, authoritative kind of husband. What? They only think of him, themselves and the woman's their servant kind of thing. But think about a saved husband. How the Holy Spirit will change their heart. That his love will flow from this understanding heart. Now, guys, you may be sitting there thinking, who can understand a, a, a woman, right? I mean, we know there's a lot of differences between men and women. You might be saying, well, I can't understand that woman. I don't, I don't understand what, what she does or why she does that. This is, I, this is too hard. What God is saying is it's really hard. Yeah, we do have a lot of differences. I heard about how the, um, uh, the average man, it was reported, has six items in the bathroom. A toothbrush, toothpaste, shaving cream, razor, soap, and a towel. But in contrast, the average woman has 437 things in the bathroom. And the man, he doesn't know what they are or what they're for. I mean, that, I, I like that. I think that's just a great picture of the differences of men and women, of husband and wife. Yeah, women and men are so different. And I'm sure you married, you know that. You, you, you see that. You are challenged by 
that. But let me put something in your brain. Let me put something in your mind. You know, in Genesis 2, God put Adam and Eve together, and he designed it that way. Remember, Adam couldn't find a, a, a helper comparable. The word comparable is really counterpart. It's, it's really like a companion, but different. It, it, it's almost like uh, the word talks about an opposite, like an like a image in the mirror where, you know, you raise your right hand, the image in the mirror, the left hand goes up. That, that's really the idea. It, it's someone like him, but someone like him, but different. Did you know then God designed husband and wife to be different? That we have our differences. But God uses that in our marriage to help us to grow, to, to grow in our character, to grow in giving grace and forgiveness and being patient. But even here is what we're talking about, that men, husbands, you got to un- have an understanding heart. Get to know your wife. You know what? It seems impossible. But remember what Matthew 19 says. With man, this is impossible. But with God, what? All things are possible. God designed it this way. So with that in mind and his spirit in you, that the ability to love on your wife in an understanding way is possible. So look at it more this way. Not like, oh, no, a trial. Oh, no. Right? Or, and you start to ignore her and not ignore these things and not engage with her. Look at it this way. God has provided an opportunity for you to love your wife this way. God has given you an opportunity to, you know what, get to know her. Become a devoted student of your wife. This is crazy because, guys, God is conquest to that, husbands. God is saying this, not me. Look at what Peter says again. Likewise, husbands, like submit to her needs, live with your wives in an understanding way. This is the powerful love of the submitted husband. And it flows from that understanding heart. Okay, let's go to the second thing. And we're going to see is number two, his considerate heart. His considerate heart. Now we're going to look at the second part of verse 7. It goes on to say, Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Now, the husband is to honor his wife. He's to respect her. It says showing honor, first of all, here. He's to be courteous and polite in that sense. You know what this means? It means to like honor her opinions. Be respectful about her opinions, her perspective, her views, rather than just shutting them down. It it means to give respect, like taking interest in her interest, kind of connects to what we just talked about. It means not to demean her in front of other people, or even if she's not around. And you guys get together, yeah, you know, you know, it's to give her respect from your heart you know i was thinking about one area we husbands fail to to honor our wives is is taking time to listen to them taking time to really engage you know not just kind of kind of thing 
I was reading how one husband shared an article with his wife that talked about, and you guys heard this, how women use 30,000 words a day compared to a husband only uses 15,000 words a day. And that might explain why when your husband comes home after a whole day and then you wife want to talk to your husband, he doesn't say anything because he's used up his 15,000 words and you still get plenty. Well, this husband mentioned this to his wife. And so the wife replied, well, you know what? That's because we have to repeat everything to the man. And the husband said, what? What'd you say? Let's be good and, and listen, you guys. Let's engage, you know, in our tension upon our wife. See, we are to respect our wives. So the husband is not to use their authority, right? Oh, and I'm in this place of authority and leadership to bully our wife, but to love them. That's submitting to their need. Well, next, Peter says that, well, showing honor to the woman. And why is that? Well, as the weaker vessel. Now, let's try and understand this for a moment. Um, you might be thinking, well, yeah, this is like old days and stuff. And the women, ah, it's, you know, stay behind me, you know, kind of thing. And, but remember, in context, what we're reading, he's not saying that, right? He's saying, hey, Submit to, to her needs. Actually respect her. Actually lift her up. Well, well, when he says, for the wife is the weaker vessel, he, she's the weaker one in the marriage. And she, he doesn't mean like a weaker morally or weaker mentally or even spiritually, as I mentioned last week. Some women I know are, are the most spiritual people in the world. And it shames us men. No, when he says weaker, he's speaking of physical strength. That's what he's talking about. Generally, men are physically stronger. It's scientific. Generally, um, they're, you know, they're, they're, they have a little more physical strength there. But it, it's kind of giving, Peter's giving the guys an idea of, look, you're to go and help them. You know, have an attitude of being helpful. And so men being a little more stronger, yeah, you know, help with the heavy groceries and move the furniture or help her up, you know, to a higher step. It's really that kind of idea. So men, generally, when he says weaker vessels, by the way, vessels talks about the body, so we're talking about the physical part. You know, men are generally stronger, except for the really buff Olympians, you know, females who do all that weight and stuff. They're way more stronger than anybody. So, Here's the thing. The idea is the husband is to be considerate to the struggles of the wife. That, her needs in that sense. You know, we're to res- be respectful in that way. Be helpful. Be considerate. We are to honor. Someone said, you're supposed to treat your wife like fine china, not a paper plate. I like that picture. So, this is the powerful love of a husband. Love flows from the considerate heart. Love flows from the considerate heart. So, guys, be considerate of your wife, of her needs. Be, be mindful of, of helping her. Of, yeah, move, moving that heavy thing or, or grabbing that bag or, you know, helping her into the car. Um, 
I think I heard someone say, yeah, when you, you know, when you're first dating, you open the door, you know, for, for your fiance or your, and then your wife, even after you're married. But then later you open the door and then shut it on her. But, but you know, we, we need to continue to be considerate, probably like how you were when you were first dating. So this is the powerful love of a husband. Love flows from his considerate heart. Professional linebacker Chris Spielman was intensely, was known to be intensely dedicated and, and to his career in football. But in 1988, when his wife was diagnosed with cancer, right at the beginning of the season, he publicly announced that he's going to step out for the whole year. And you know what he told reporters? He said, I want to be the one to take her to treatments. I want to be the one to hold her hand. I want to take care of the kids when she can't. That's love. Love is considerate. That's a considerate heart. That's submitting to the wife's needs. That's love, you guys. All right. So this is the powerful love of the submitted husband. His understanding heart, his considerate heart. And number three, the last thing this morning is his perceptive heart. His perceptive heart. Now this is the last part of verse 7 in 1 Peter 3. And it reads here, Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Okay, Peter adds here, He says that the wife is heirs with you of the grace of life. Heirs with you really talks about being joint heirs. So the idea is that husband and wife are are equal in their privileges that they receive. Just think about it that way. They're, They're on the same plane. It's not like in the ancient times that the women had no rights. And the husband had them all. No, and the privileges and everything that they receive, it's, they're, they're on equal plane here. And so he says, you're, you're joint heirs of the grace of life. And what is that, the grace of life? Well, let me give you two views on this. First of all, that wives are heirs together of eternal life, of salvation and eternal life. In other words, the wife is also saved too and going to receive that inheritance of heaven and being with God. That they're, they're a, a sister in Christ. That they're a daughter in God. That, you, you know, husband, you and a wife, it's not like one is below you. They're not third class citizens of heaven, but they're equal in that way. It's like what Galatians says in um, 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There's no male and female, Paul is saying, for you are all one in Christ. So in our position and in how God looks at us, in our salvation, and our place in eternal life, it's not like, oh, even in heaven, the women are going to be down here and the men are there. No, it's going to be equal in their privileges they receive and that's inheriting the eternal life. And if anything, guys, just, just sum it up this way. This is God's daughter you're married to. She's a, 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 another person in heaven, yeah? As you're a son in heaven, she's going to be a daughter of the heavenly father there in heaven. So that's one view, that you're heirs together in eternal life. A second view is this, that you're heirs together in marriage. 
in marriage. That in your marriage, you have equal privileges to receive. Now, the word grace here means literally like gift. And so some believe with that thought that marriage is really that grace, that gift. And with that, whether you're saved or unsaved, that God is, by his grace, as a gift, given those who are married the, the opportunity to have what God created, that God had blessed human beings with, uh, a, a man and a woman to be together as husband and wife. I mean, it's a blessing, right? In God's purposes that we have a companion, that we have someone we can go through life with and share life with and make a life together and do life together. So that's that view here. So when they say the grace of life, he's talking about the marriage in life that God has created. So here's Peter. Peter's saying, look, submit to the needs of your wife, even if they're not safe. Yeah, if they're not safe. Um, and because they're allowed by God's gift and grace to partake in what God made. Now, this is like revolutionary. For Peter to write this back then, this is like radical. This is crazy because women were just property. A wife was just property back then. But to treat her like this equal, that she receives the same grace and love and gift of God, it, it's crazy. We know what Peter's saying. Look, you guys are companions here. You have a friend here. Together you make this marriage. You guys are equal. And back then... That wasn't the way. Husbands did not look on, at their wives as equal. So Peter's like saying, look, look at your wife differently now. Now that you're in Jesus, look at your wife not as what the world does and says and what society is pushing her. Maybe how you grew up. No, look at her as your wife for life. Your companion. Your, this is... We could put both together. This is a potential daughter of God. So this is this perspective. This is the powerful love of a husband. Love flows from his perceptive heart. That he can perceive looking at his wife in this way. That she is your wife. That she's a gift of God. A gift from God. She's a gift. This is who, who she is. And if it's from God, shouldn't we treasure her husbands? You know, I, I brought this Bible today. It was, it was, it's on a shelf in our house. And um, uh, I was blessed with this Bible years and year, years ago by uh, Pastor Greg Laurie. He even wrote a little, little note here. And he had given it to me because um, I had helped him on his laptops and computers and one day he had this sent to me. It was funny when, when, he, when he came to my office after he sent it. He had someone send it. But it was, it was still like, wow. Uh, he said, did you get the Bible I had sent to you? I go, yeah, here it is. It's, it's awesome. It's soft. It's a, like real leather. And, he, and I remember he said, that's too, what? It's so small. <laughs> He's like, you know. But um, he signed it and everything. And, and I treasure it. it, it it's, it's special. I kept it, you know. And, and I keep it on the shelf. Why? Because it came from him, you know. This one of the greatest evangelists in our time, really, 
who's led many thousands and thousands, you know, a hundred thousand people to Christ. And, and I think, wow, what an honor, you know, to have this. And because he gave it to me, I, I, I treasured, I, I, I counted as, as precious, even though it's little and tiny. But it was from him, right? But think about this. So should our wives be husbands. Whether they're saved or not, she's still a gift from God. And if God brought her into your life, then she's precious. She's from the Lord. Think of it that way. So have that perception here. Love flows from his perceptive heart. The husband knows my wife, whether saved or not, is still a gift from God. All right, then the last thing Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. He gives this. At the end of the verse 7, he says, So that your prayers may not be hindered. So he caps the end of this verse now, what he's saying here with this phrase. So let's, let's say Peter's saying this. Husbands must submit, likewise, husbands, to the needs of your wife. They should submit to the needs with understanding. Be considerate. Be perceptive that she's a gift from God. If she save a daughter of God. Why is that? Well, he writes, so that your prayers may not be hindered. That not hindered is talking about stopped, stopping. It's, it's a military word like someone trying to, uh, you know, the military, um, the army is trying to come in and take uh, some land and they're stopped, hindered, so that your prayers will not be stopped. Well, what is the prayer of the husband here? What is the, the prayer request here? What's going on? Well, what's the context of the passage? Go back up to verse 1 of chapter 3. Likewise, why, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husband, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won, right? That they may be saved. So in context, what is the prayers of the husband? That she would be saved. That the, the wife, your wife, would be saved. After you've come to Christ, and now you're in this unequally yoked marriage, what's the prayer? That my wife would get saved. That she would come to Jesus. That she would be forgiven. That she would find grace and the love of God. That together we could move forward, go on in our life with Jesus in the center of our marriage. That, that's what the prayer is. Now, how is the prayer being hindered? Well, if you don't do these things that Peter's written here. That's what he's talking about. If, if you aren't submissive to her needs. If you're not understanding. If you're not consider it yeah if you're not perceptive about this gift there so hey if if you don't do that then your prayers will be hindered and what are we talking about we're talking about how the husband is how the husband carries himself his conduct and remember the context of this whole passage right why are we in verse one supposed to be a wife supposed to be submitted to their husbands. So they may be one without a word. By, by what? By the conduct of their wives. If we back up more into chapter 2. Servants are to be subject. Submissive to their masters or their, their bosses. Why? So that 
they could win them to the Lord. Same as the governance, mission and government, that they, Christians can make an effect on society. And remember, Peter starts all of this thought in verse 12. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. Remember, we studied this. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. The day of visitation is when they come to Christ, when Christ, God comes into their heart and they're saved, when God visits them in that way. So you understand all this flows in about our conduct, husbands, of how we conduct ourselves as a husband, as a loving husband, showing love in these ways so that your wife can be saved. So don't mistreat your wife and hinder, you know what, the work of the Spirit. This is God's work. This is what God wants to do, right? God is in the business of what? Saving people. And he wants to save your wife. So So, love flows from his perceptive heart. You know why? Because she is a soul that needs Jesus. The wife is a soul that needs Jesus. I mean, we were all in the same boat. We needed Christ. We needed to be forgiven. Christ died for all our sins, even our wives' sins. And now, in marriage, it's like, yeah, she's no less than me. God saved me. A sinner, so God can save her. I like something Elizabeth Elliot wrote. Marriage is a long-term commitment between two sinners. I love that. So, Christian husband, and uh, let me say even Christian wife, your unsaved spouse is a soul that needs Jesus just as you did. So we're to have compassion in that way. To love in that way. To, to see our spouse differently and that you know what you in your marriage you're married to unsaved spouse you have the greatest opportunity to help them god has maybe even targeted you placed you there so that he can use you to save your spouse so love flows from his perceptive heart so husband see your wife in a different way see your wife in a different way i read a story about a man who told his friend he was really angry and hurt as his and him and his wife they were struggling in their marriage well the friend came out with some really bad advice he said this i have an idea how you can get back at her For the next three months, treat her like a princess. Bring her flowers, buy her gifts, take her out to dinner, love on her, do do some of the housework, treat her like she's the most wonderful woman in the world. Then you know what? Then suddenly, just leave, leave her. That'll get, get her. So the man did that. Well, months later, he ran into the same friend, and the friend's like, so how'd it go? Did you leave? What's, What's happening? And the man responded, Oh, I could never leave her. I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the world. (laughs) See how perspective can change, especially when a husband has that perceptive heart. Well, as we come to a close here, listen, it's, it's time for a change, you husbands. 
It's time for all of us to change. The Holy Spirit has come into our lives and made us a new person, right? The Holy Spirit is, is changing us daily. And we're, we're growing in him and becoming who God wants us to be. But sometimes we get stuck in the old mode. And maybe what you were before Christ. Maybe how you grew up. Maybe how you saw other husbands treat their wives. And yeah, this is the way. This is, And it's kind of ingrained and trained into you. But God has, has, has transformed us when we came to him. God has made us a new creation. And it's time to, to break that old mold and be someone different. Be a different husband. I'll close with this. I read about one man who vowed to make a new start on being Loving to his wife, giving to his wife, unselfish, being a gentle husband, kind to his wife. And so he made this vow when they went on vacation together. It's just the two of them. So, so he worked hard. He goes, I'm, this is the point. This is what I'm going to do. We're going out on vacation, just the two of us on together. So he started noticing his wife, attending to all her needs, submitting to her, her needs, being considerate. Um, doing, you know, listening to her, engaging with her, doing what she desired, what she wanted. Well, on the last night of vacation, his wife seemed very upset, very upset. He was trying to figure out, get to the bottom, what's going on? Why are you so upset? It's, It's such a wonderful time. She finally blurted out, Tom, you know something, don't you? You know something. Do you know something I don't? I mean, after that checkup I had several weeks ago, did the doctor tell you something about me? You've been so good to me. Does that mean I'm dying? It took a moment for for all that to sink in, for the husband to understand. Then he just burst out laughing, took her in her arms and said, No, honey, you're not dying. I'm just starting to live. I think that's the word for us husbands. To start living. To come alive to what God is calling us to do. Especially you husbands. To reach your unbelieving wife. You can make a difference. You're the one God has called and set you on this mission. For this soul, this person, this life. You can bring Jesus into their lives. God wants to use you and use the powerful love of the submitted husband. Let's pray. Jesus, forgive us of our sins right now, Lord. That even in these attributes, this character, God, that whether male or female, we we can fail in, Lord. That we can be so self-focused. We can be set in our ways that we miss out on who you're making us to be. And Lord, I know with your word today that you want to change us and transform us. That we could start living to really be alive in who you want us to be and are making us to be. So Lord, forgive us for our failure. Forgive us for for our selfishness. Forgive us for just 
living in that mold, mode that we have always lived in and not willing to change. Lord, I pray, speaking for husbands, Lord, that you forgive me as a husband for my selfishness, for me not being understanding or considered or perceptive. But God, with this message, with this word, I know your Holy Spirit is convicting us, but at the same time empowering us as we humble ourselves before you. So Lord, when we walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh, your word tells us that the flesh battles with the Spirit and the Spirit with the flesh. And God, we want to recognize what's flesh and what's spirit. And we know what we read today is spirit. And Lord, it is in our heart, God, to glorify you in all that we do, to glorify you in our ministries, to glorify you in, at our workplace, to glorify you as we carry ourselves. But God, may we just as much, Lord, be passionate about glorifying you in our marriage and glorifying you as a godly husband. Help us to love like this. And God, I know we will see our wives be transformed too. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.